This podcast was brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on Sirius XM. You're listening to Launchpad on Business Radio. Welcome back to Launchpad on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. I'm your host this week, Rob Conneveer. I'm a founder and managing director at Shasta Ventures, and I'm coming to you live from Seattle. So I'm thrilled to welcome my next guest, Mike Cesario. He is the CEO and co-founder of Liquid Death. They make canned water. And prior to Liquid Death, Mike was a creative director and has worked on campaigns for Netflix, Nike, Organic Valley, Virgin, Toyota, and other worldwide brands. He previously founded a spirits brand that still operates today. Mike, thanks for joining us today. Thanks a lot. So here's the question I'm sure that everybody hears or wonders about when they hear the name. What is Liquid Death? Uh, Liquid Death is mountain spring water in a can. And it's called Liquid Death because nothing is better than a freezing cold can of water to murder your thirst. Uh, As you can imagine, you know, our brand is very, very clear in almost everything we do that we're not taking ourselves too seriously. Um, What we're essentially doing is sort of playing off the fact that marketing is no longer really trusted by anyone. I think there's a stat that's somewhere in the ballpark of 84% of people no longer believe what they hear in advertising, even if the ads are telling the truth. It's just you put an ad that feels like an ad and looks like an ad and sounds like an ad that you've seen before. The initial reaction is whatever I'm seeing in here, I'm not going to really believe or, or look much into. Well, it's, it's, it's uh, actually it's, it's, it's a great product. And one of your early founders showed up in Colorado at a conference, as you probably know, with cases and cases of liquid death. And yeah. when I tried it for the first time, I was really surprised by the product experience. It it was nice and cold. It felt like I was holding a tall boy, like I was holding a Budweiser. And I got that, you get that same feel when you open it. But then you drink it, and it really tastes great. It, it's really, it's kind of surprising. It's almost the unexpected, like you were talking about. Well, thank you. Yeah, I mean, it, it, when you really think about it, it's not, it's not that foreign of an idea. Especially like if you talked about, if you stepped away from water and we're just talking about beer, and you asked most people, would you prefer to drink a beer? from a can or a plastic bottle? I mean, what would most people say? Oh, a can? Like, don't give me beer in a plastic bottle. That's weird. Um, It's just that water has been packaged in plastic for so long and we're so used to it that, uh, you know, it seems like a foreign thing. But to your point, almost everything that's come in a can for the last however many decades is stuff that's bad for you. It's beer, it's soda, it's energy drinks. So there is this psychological connection to the feeling of an ice cold can in your hand, meaning that you're probably somewhere that you're having fun or you're probably drinking something in this can that's not good for you. And uh, yeah, it's like a weird thing that's happening with your brain when you're having an ice cold can of just water. So does it actually change the taste of the water if it's in plastic versus a can? No, not really. The only thing that, I mean, one of the big factors of taste with water is is light and air 
So that's one thing that can has the benefit of is there's no light or air that gets into it. So in a plastic bottle, you know, sunlight, light, and that kind of thing that's constantly hitting it might affect the taste a little bit. Um, but for the most part, the biggest difference is a can is just so much more freezing cold than a plastic bottle. And there's actually, there's science behind temperature being the number one factor of, of quenching thirst. So the colder something is, the quicker it actually turns off the like thirst neurons in your brain telling you you're thirsty, which and, and is why, for, yeah. And for, and for people that are listening right now, what does the can look like? So it's a tall boy can. So it's like a 16 ounce can. Um, the design of it looks more like a craft beer than a water or an energy drink or anything like that. Um, and there's a big uh, metallic gold skull on it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's a lot of fun. And I have to say, when you're drinking it at a party, it makes it a little more socially acceptable to not be drinking alcohol when you're drinking from one of your cans. Totally. And I think that's a big, a big thing that we hear from people who love it is, you know, Oh man, you know, I've, I've been sober for 18 years and finally I have something that, you know, is cooler to walk around with at the bar or at a music festival or at a house party. And then the other thing that we found is not just people who don't drink, but you know, you bring it to a bar or a party and before people start drinking, they're like, Oh yeah, I'm going to have a cocktail. And then after their third cocktail, they realize they need to kind of slow down because they're going to be there for another couple hours. And then they switch to liquid death and kind of just drink water for a little while after that. And they, they love that. And it's like, oh, I don't have to continue to keep drinking alcohol just to have something in my hand and keep hanging out. Yeah. So, hey, just a, a few business building questions about how big is the company now? Where is the product available? What does it cost? Those types of things. Yeah. So... We're still a very small company right now, um, you know, just a handful of employees. Um, we're looking to start growing pretty soon here. Uh, we, you can get it online at Amazon or on our website at liquiddeath.com. And then we, we just now kind of started selling into uh, some more brick-and-mortar locations like um, bars, um, a few 7-Elevens, um, barber shops, tattoo parlors, coffee shops, things like that. So how did you get this started and where did the original idea come from? Um, you know, coming from the advertising world and being a creative director and working with lots of, you know, big brands like Nestle and, you know, Nike and Organic Valley and kind of just seeing how the inner workings of these companies work and kind of getting my own opinion on where they screw things up and, you know, overall, I feel like a lot of big brands are just not marketing like it's 2019. They're still marketing like it's 1985, a lot of them. Oh, yeah. Um, so, you know, kind of had this idea for a brand that is a brand that's truly of the, I guess you would call it internet age that we live in. You know, you think about Pepsi, Coca-Cola, like all the major brands. These were brands where the brand name and branding was literally created in the early 1900s. And it's still around today because they're, they're strong brands and they own most Right, of the but state, it's been right? over a century. Right, <laughs> exactly. So I think that's what's great about the internet is it's democratized the ability for people to bring ideas to market and allow the market to decide 
how viable it is. Where it used to be a product idea had to get through a boardroom first to decide whether or not it was going to go to market. Now, yeah. So, so I'm curious, yeah. where where did the name come from? Were you sitting around one day and it just popped into your head? Were you having a conversation with somebody? Did you have this idea that you wanted to have something that was edgy, cheeky? How did that happen? I think it was a combination of things. The one thing was we knew that we wanted to create a brand that was going to be hugely successful in the world of social media, which pretty much is the internet now. Like when you go on the internet, you're going on social media most of the time to find news and what you're doing. So we, we knew it had to work on social, had to be something really shareable. We also knew that, you know, we wanted to make the healthiest thing you could drink, bottled water, that could actually compete with the cool factor of the unhealthy stuff like energy drinks and beer and candy. Um, and just in the world of beer and energy drinks where they all kind of have this extreme kind of, you know, over-the-top thing, which is all sort of marketing BS, we were like, hey, let's kind of like out-BS them at their own game. So we'll have something <laughs> more intense, you know. And uh, so that was – so then we were like, okay, well. Well, I guess the natural maybe? extension is death, right? That's the yeah. most intense you can get. Yeah, we were like, what would be a name that – if you saw this on a shelf, you would have to take a picture with your phone. Or if you, if, if you saw this at a party, you don't just drink it. You've got to take a photo and say to your friends, oh, my God, you have to see this. And so so you said, you said yeah, and you, you said we. Were you sitting in a room somewhere? Were you kind of bouncing things around? Did it unfold over a few weeks where you're like, hey, we're going to do canned water, but we want to give it a great brand? Yeah, I mean, I had the idea for canned water for a while and, you know, specifically canned water that looked like beer. Um, and we went through a couple different names. You know, some of the original names just felt more straightforward, like they would be like, you know, like a beer that you maybe would see somewhere. But then I kind of realized, you know, if you're going to launch a brand and you and you don't have millions and millions of marketing dollars to kind of push your brand out there your only chance at surviving is for the product itself to be insanely shareable where you're getting tons and tons of free eyeballs just because people want to tell other people about it. So we kind of realized that the name had to be way more provocative in order for that to happen. Yeah. Well, it, it almost, when you look at the can, I'm looking at it online right now, it almost has a goth font to it. And then you have some pretty amazing images that come up when you Google liquid death about kind of a decapitation and a few other things. And, you know, who who did you get to actually put together the artwork for you? So uh, one of our partners in the company, his name is Will Carsola, and he's the creator of a crazy cartoon TV show on Adult Swim called Mr. Pickles. Oh, sure. And, and uh, it was one of my favorite shows for a long time. And, you know, when I was creating, when I started creating the brand, I sort of just like reached out to him blindly through, you know, Instagram and he got back and said he loved the idea for the brand. So we met up and got along really well and we're very in sync on our kind of creative sensibilities. And then, you know, he helped do the skull on the can. We kind of, uh, you know, I, as I would, you know, create things, I would sort of run them by him just to get his thoughts. And uh, yeah, so essentially we, that, it, it's why the brand kind of has a bit of an adult swim kind of vibe to it as a brand where it's, you know, it's not really supposed to be for kids, but in, yeah. in a sense that makes kids want it more. 
<laughs> yeah, and also at the same time, it's a little it's a little fun and approachable when you look at it. So, what right. is your target demo? Who's buying the product today? I think our our sweet spot is um, basically twenty five to thirty five, but then it you know right behind that is probably eighteen to twenty five, and then behind that would be like the thirty five to forty five. And, you know, it, it skews a bit, you know, a bit more male. It's probably about 70% male, 30% female. Um, I think a lot of people assume this is just kind of like a dude bro kind of brand. But if you actually go on Instagram and search the hashtag liquid death, you'll see that like probably over half of the images and photos you see are actually women posting about it. So if you're just tuning in, I'm Rob Conybeer, and you're listening to Launchpad on Sirius XM 132, Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. I'm here on the line right now with Mike Cesario. He is the CEO and co-founder at Liquid Death. So, so actually, it's, it's a quite interesting story how came up with a brand name, had the basic brand idea, and built this architecture. At what point did you start to talk to investors about funding this? Yeah, I think I knew from the very beginning, you know, it was such an out there idea that there was nobody that was going to, you know, invest anything in the early stages of, oh, I want to make a water brand called Liquid Death and design it in cans that look like beer. So I kind of knew I had to sort of prove it out first. So before we ever had product, we launched Liquid Death online on Facebook with, you know, we shot a $1,500 video. We designed a, you know, 3D render of the can. We didn't have an Instagram page, no Twitter page, just Facebook. It kind of made it seem like it was a real thing. And then cut to about three months later, you know, the video has 3 million views. The, the Facebook page has more followers than Aquafina. Um, we're getting direct messages, from <laughs> massive distributors, uh, 7-Eleven owners are DMing us saying, hey, I own three 7-Elevens. How do I get this in my stores? So then we kind of were able to use sort of this social swell and, and distributor and retailer kind of outreach um, to kind of start raising a little bit so that we could actually produce the product and give people a little more confidence that this thing might actually work. It's amazing. Now that you mention it, it seems almost like a product that you'd find in The Simpsons before it existed <laughs> in the real world. So yeah. in terms of timing, putting this video together, did Will Carsola help you out before the video or did you do the video on your own for the $1,500? Um, no, uh, I did the video on my own. Um, that was something that we were, you know, kind of in the production, you know, we were just finishing up production for when, uh, I kind of connected with, with Will and, you know, he thought the video was, was hilarious. And then, you know, we kind of continued to sort of revise and update the final can design before we officially like pushed the video and, and kind of the, uh, the can design live on, on Facebook. And we even, I think did multiple iterations the first can design we launched with like we ended up changing it a couple different times because we didn't have a massive audience at the very very beginning and, you know we kind of were able to iterate some stuff but then ultimately we landed on the uh the skull can and that's uh, kind of where we kept going well, what, what were the alternatives you were considering to the skull one of the, the first can actually had uh it was like a like a clipper ship that was like almost fully keeled over with this giant wave of water, like about to crush it. <laughs> ah, okay. So almost, yeah. I mean, 
probably very funny looking, but in some ways very literal. Yeah, yeah, it was, you know, the idea was kind of trying to be a bit more literal that like water itself is actually super deadly, like, you know, it can crush a a ship or, you know, it could drown you. Uh, But I think we ended up just realizing that the original can felt a little bit too much like pirate water, (laughs) which is not what we wanted because of the ship, the pirate looking ship and that kind of thing. Um, So once we had like this cool liquid skull thing, we just thought that was way more unique and interesting um and the fact that you know again making the can more shareable having a skull on a can of water is probably you know a little more thought-provoking than just like a clipper ship were, were there any specific videos that inspired you and the obvious one that comes to mind for me is the dollar shave club launch video that that mike dubin put together yeah i mean i, I was I was working for an agency at that time and I remember when that came out and I was, you know, hugely inspired by that video and kind of helped me start to see the light in terms of where the future of brands were going with, you know, with the internet and YouTube where brands didn't have to play by the 1950s FCC broadcast rules anymore. Like you could make actual entertainment um, that doesn't have to be censored the same way that can be weirder, that can be longer form and still be hugely successful to kind of drive awareness about a brand. Yeah, and you've you've actually, as I understand it, you've lined him up as an investor as well, right? Yeah, he is an investor in the brand. So how did you connect with Mike? Um, we are part, um, you know, one of our other investors is Science Inc., who was the same VC that kind of backed um, Dollar Shave Club from the very beginning. Um, so, you know, naturally, we're, we're all kind of part of this world of, you know, trying to disrupt stale categories with something more interesting and, and modern. And, yeah, just kind of like from the gate, we're all sort of in the same kind of playing the same game of, of humor and disruption. And, you know, he just kind of instantly sort of connected and understood the brand and what we were trying to do. Uh, so you were connected through science. Yeah. Yeah. Was it is Peter Pham your primary contact there? He's one of them. Yeah. You know, we work with quite a few people at science. Um, you know, as you know, you know, science is a VC and an incubator. So, you know, part of our, you know, working with science, you know, especially in the, in the earlier stages, you know, they kind of helped work with us closely to help us figure out a few things for launch and, um, and yeah, you know, super helpful. And Peter's just kind of one part of, of sort of the science machine that, uh, that sort of helps us and kind of advises us. So, so stepping back a tiny bit, so you, you had this idea for water in a can, evolved into this amazing name, Liquid Death. How did you connect with science, and what were those first meetings like? Um, it was just we had um, we had a guy that we knew over at uh, Snapchat. And, um, you know, we kind of were showing him the brand and he thought it was really great. And, you know, he kind of mentioned, hey, you know, you should talk to my friend Peter Pham at, at Science. They would probably really dig your, your brand and what you're trying to do. Um, and he just made an intro. And, you know, Peter kind of instantly, you know, he said he instantly saw what this could be. And we just kind of started talking. And, you know, this was even before we even had physical product yet. We were still just kind of, the, the makeshift Facebook page. And then we literally. Yeah. And, and for that first meeting with, with Peter, where, where did you meet with him? 
Um, I didn't actually meet with Peter first. Um, it was more of an email thing. And then, um, you know, he kind of brought in, there's a guy named James Hicks here at Science who sort of works with a lot of their portfolio companies. And, you know, we kind of were connected with him first and kind of met with James here at Science and kind of walked him through the brand and what our plans were. And we actually ended up just getting our first physical cans just before that meeting. So I brought in some cans that they could actually hold. And that was kind of how the, how the relationship started. So where are you going with this? So what what can we expect to see from the company in the future? I mean, essentially, our plan is to, you know, kind of become like the Red Bull of water. You know, like we want to blur the lines between a beverage company and an entertainment company. And, um, you know, we think there is a, you know, a huge opportunity for, for not just you know, canned water because it is better than way better than plastic because everyone knows plastic is kind of terrible and it's becoming like the new tobacco where aluminum cans are infinitely recyclable. Um, and pretty much the only material that's actually being recycled right now, like when you send your plastic in your blue bin to the recycling facility, they're actually just sending the plastic from there to a landfill because it's too expensive to recycle and there's nobody left to buy recycled plastic. There's no market. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. So there's actually, there was a recent um, podcast where they were talking to some environmental economists and they were saying, basically it's almost better for the planet to just throw your plastic in the garbage now because the trucking of your plastic from your house to the recycling facility and then trucking it again from the recycling facility to the landfill takes up more energy than just going direct to the landfill. <laughs> wow. Which, wow. Wow. You know, it's kind of funny when you look at some of these things, the unintended consequences sometimes are worse than the solution that people were pursuing in the first place. Right. Right. So are you, so it's, so it sounds like going forward, continue to build the brand, the, this core brand. When you think about it with Red Bull, there's only a few extensions to it. You know, there's sugar-free, but obviously that's what you have to begin with. Are you going to do any other packages over time, something that's resealable, for example? Yeah, we, we've talked to a couple different things, um, you know, about the possibility maybe eventually we launch a sparkling version of Liquid Death. Um, we've talked about potentially even doing you know, flavors of liquid death. But I think for us, that's all pretty far down the road. I think where we want to stay hyper-focused on our one skew, uh, you know, water is just something that everybody drinks. There's a huge, huge market for it. And we think we can, we could grow it pretty big there first before we start kind of taking other bets in uh, extensions and things like that. And the one final question I had is, any thoughts on packaging over time, or will it be the tall boy for a while to come? I think it'll be the tall boy for a while. I think, you know, probably before we did any other, like, new product extensions, we'd probably, we'd maybe even try to just do a different size format. Like, maybe we'd do an actual big 24-ounce tall boy instead of Holy cow. To the 16-ounce. Um. Because as you, I mean, as you might know, well, in, in the beverage space, the biggest reason that uh, beverages introduce new uh, flavors and skews isn't so much to gain more uh, revenue. It is to get to stand out more on the shelf or in the cooler. 
because now mm. they've got to put th- three of your things next to each other, and you're taking up more visual shelf space that way. Because most of them, even when they have 10 different flavors, it's like 90% of their sales come from like two different flavors, which are probably the basic ones, like lime and whatever. But the other flavors are really just there to kind of improve shelf space and, and that kind of a thing. So our product is so unique looking already that it already kind of jumps off the shelf and people are picking it up. So it's not as crucial to us to kind of do things with, with flavors or extensions just to sort of expand our shelf presence. Great. Well, Mike, thanks for joining us today. Thank you. Appreciate it. And where can listeners go to keep up with both you and with Liquid Death? Yeah, I mean, we're, you know, Instagram, we're pretty active on. It's just at Liquid Death. Um, same for Twitter, at, at Liquid Death on Twitter. And uh, yeah, on our website, liquiddeath.com. For more insight from Business Radio, please visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu. Thank you.